So the first headline of the week is that Nick Cannon says he needs to make $100 million in order to support his 11 children. I did the math on that, and I figured out that that equals about $9-ish million per kid. I have four kids, which means I need to be making about $36 million per year. I have not disclosed what I make on this channel, but I can promise you it's nowhere near $36 million. So we have a long ways to go, guys. Me and you, we can do this together. Next article. Investopedia reports that student loan payments are set to resume regardless of court decisions on forgiveness. So if you've been following this channel, we've been kind of following the timeline of the student loan debt forgiveness and what's going to happen with that. In my very first video, I came out and said that student loan debt forgiveness isn't going to happen. That's not a thing that's going to occur. It's just a political tool used to try and collect votes. And what we're going to see is this go back and forth until eventually we're all forced to just repay our student loans by ourselves, like we said at the beginning. And it looks like we're still on that path to make this happen. So originally, um, student loans were, were a debate topic in the presidential election. Then the student loans became forgiven. And I said, I don't expect anything to actually happen for that. They, you know, they came out with a whole plan. I just didn't see it happening at the time. The arguments I gave for why I didn't think this was going to happen was that there were huge groups of people who wanted all the student loan debt forgiven. And there were huge groups of people who wanted no student loan debt forgiven. And then there's the majority of people somewhere in the middle saying like, you know, we shouldn't be forgiving student loan debt for rich people. We should probably focus on people who need it the most. And then that creates a conflict with people who can't afford college at all. So we're going to pay out tens of thousands of dollars to people who went to college, who statistically will make more money, but we're not going to send tens of thousands of dollars to people who never had the opportunity to go to school. It's a very highly conflict driven topic that makes it really, really hard for a politician to pick something that's going to be a winning thing for all the groups involved that may be voting. It's actually better for that politician to just point out the problem without discussing a solution because that means that a huge majority of people get incorporated because they believe it's a problem even if they don't agree with the solution so then when he finally went through with it i said i was, I was surprised that that happened but i wouldn't be surprised if it got overturned so the court stepped in and said hey look dude Uncle Joe, you can't be just forgiving student loan debt. You don't have the authority to do that by yourself. Even Joe and Nancy Pelosi themselves said, hey, we don't have the authority to do this by ourselves. And then a month later, tried to do it anyways. So yeah, the courts shot that down. And now we are here today where student loan debt is not forgiven and payments are set to resume. And it's also kind of convenient that that occurred right before the um, campaigning is starting for next year's election for president. So that doesn't seem surprising that this whole thing took that exact circle. And what's going to end up happening is whatever politician takes on the issue of student loan debt forgiveness, it could be Joe Biden again, you know, saying, hey, it was Republican courts that stopped me. So if you really want to solve this problem, you got to give me a second term. I wouldn't be surprised if that took place. And I also wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't happen in a second term either, because that's the nature of how finance stuff does in politics. Our next article from the Associated Press says experts metallic object that crashed into New Jersey home was a meteorite. So meteorites are falling on homes now. You know, basically end times are happening and I guess that's about it. So there, there's really no point in talking any further if the world is about to end. But no, I'm just kidding. But it is kind of cool. I mean, I'm glad that nobody got hit by a meteorite. That honestly is one of those like fears that unlocked in my brain when I saw this for the first time. I'm like, oh man, now I have to worry about meteorites falling on my head. 
but nobody got hurt and this giant meteorite landed in their home. It says it in a uh, New Jersey home this week, smashing the hardwood floor, bouncing around the bedroom, and it ended up being a meteorite after they inspected it. I wonder if they got to keep their meteorite. I would, I would like put that thing in like a, like a glass box, like it was a, you know, a football that you won the championship with or something. I think that would be super cool. Next topic by Bloomberg is debt limit talks move into back channel as leaders meetings put off. So what happened this last week is Republicans and Democrats tried to get together to talk about how to solve this debt ceiling problem and they couldn't do it. So they walked out and everybody's still panicking about the debt ceiling. Um, it looks like there was supposed to be a meeting Friday, which by the time this is released, it will be yesterday, right? It's right now. And they put this meeting off saying that they were going to try it again later. In the article, it says Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says the money could run out as soon as June 1st, but maybe not that quickly. The Congressional Budget Office warned today there's a significant risk of a default in the first two weeks of June. You know, I don't have an opinion necessarily on the debt limit so much, uh, except to say that in the past when this debt limit stuff has been hit, um, the government has kind of forced pain where it didn't need to exist. Last time this occurred, there were government officials that came or that were that leaked saying that they needed to make sure that people felt the pain from it because they needed people to understand who was on the right side of the issue. We're not going to default on anything. The United States government makes plenty of money. What they need to do is stop spending all of it and then living off of this debt. And we have not figured that out right? Um, we can tax everybody into oblivion and still not cover what we're paying out. So at some point it has to bite us. The only solution that we have is to devalue the debt. And that means printing more money. And that also devalues the cash that's being paid out to people, which will impact the poor the most. So in order to compensate for all the money that we're spending supposedly on the poor, wink, wink, we have to destroy the poor, Seems like a cycle that can't go on forever. I don't exactly know how that's going to end, but I do know that neither political party seems interested in actually solving the issue. And the last most important article that we found was from Reuters, Big U.S. Banks to Pay Billions to Replenish Failure Fund. Now, if you just read this title, your initial thought would be like, oh, good, big banks are going to be paying out billions of dollars to compensate for the fact that banks are failing, which you know, sounds fine, except let's dig in a smidgen further. Large U.S. lenders will bear most of the cost of replenishing the deposit insurance fund that was drained of $16 billion by the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and two other lenders. Although mid-sized banks will also be on the hook, the Federal Reserve Insurance Corporation, the FDIC, said on Thursday, the bank regulator will apply a special assessment fee of 0.125% to uninsured deposits of lenders in excess of $5 billion. Based on the amount of uninsured deposits and banks held at the end of 2022, the FDIC proposed at a board meeting. So what's going to happen is that for every huge amount for lent, when they say lenders, they're referring to banks that lend money, like giant banks lending money. We're talking about Bank of America, Chase, etc. They're going to put a fee on huge amounts of money stored with inside these banks for any of that money that's uninsured so what happens is you put money into a bank and it says we're FDIC insured. The FDIC only insures things up to $250,000. Everything else is at risk. So if you're, let's say, Google, for example, and you're dumping tons and tons of money into a particular bank, let's say Chase Bank, for example, you're going to have way more than $5 billion in deposits. That means that when the, the bank goes through and um, scapes all that money out to turn around and lend it to people. Cause that's how banks make money. 
they are going to now be charged a fee in order to do that. And this fee is going to cover other banks who are falling apart. The people who will pay the fee will be the, at, at the end of the day, it'll be transferred over to the people who are putting money into the bank. So what's going to happen is Chase will be like, thanks Google for putting all this money into the bank. This is how much we charge. And they're going to incorporate this fee. And all the other banks will do the same because they're all required to incorporate this fee for large deposits. Those charges will be incorporated into all of our purchases. So essentially what's happening is, indirectly, we are going to be paying for the fact that all these banks gambled with our money and lost. So let's do that circle one more time. We will pay all for all these banks who took our money, gambled it, and lost it. Hmm. Not exactly sure that that's the plan that... Uh, everybody thought was going to be happening, but uh, it's a little bit concerning. It seems like a small, small percentage, so maybe it's not going to be that big of a deal, but we'll keep an eye on it and we'll let you guys know.